Welcome to the Second Students North Podcast. My name is Luis. We're in a series called Influencers. Our goal with this series is to walk through God's Word each week to teach, equip, and encourage our students to be spiritual influencers for God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy week one of Influencers. But I've tried to kind of get into this world as we've planned the series. I've tried to get into the influencer, you know, world and stuff like that. And so I watched some videos and it just kind of shocks me. Like there's some people, I don't know some of you guys know like Dojo, Cat or whatever. Like some of you guys, so yes, you guys are laughing. If you watch your videos, like literally I got caught up. Like it's kind of like, you know, you, it's almost like I can't stop watching. But there's a girl, I'm watching her put on, like she cleans her face and she starts putting on makeup. And I'm like, what is this? And then I look down and she's got like three million views of her putting on makeup. And I'm like, what, what is this world? Like, what in the world? Like, this is crazy. And then I'm watching, there's another guy, I don't even know this guy's name, but he's talking about like his socks. And, um, you know, I looked up like, you know, crew socks, like how to wear socks, you know, high socks. And it's like, how to wear crew socks. And the whole like 10 minute video is him explaining like, man, I like to wear crisp white crew sock with my shoes, like to wear it high, you know? And I'm like, this is legit. Like he's talking about wearing a crew sock. He's like, man, you got a black shoe, which I feel so uncool as I'm watching it. Like he's influencing me that I got to like watch more influencers. Cause I'm like, I wear like low socks and I don't wear the crew sock. But he's like, if you got like a black shoe on, you got to wear a black sock. Some of you guys may be different. He's like, comment below, you know, hit the like, subscribe, whatever. You know, he's doing all that stuff. And then he's like, you know, um, you've got the white shoe, you got to do the white sock, you know, and it's a Nike shoe, you got to have a Nike sock, you know, mixed brands and stuff like that. And I'm like taking notes, like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be looking fresh. It's going to be awesome. And then I look down, he's got like 300,000 views. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Like, this is crazy. Like, he's just talking about wearing crew socks. And people are interested. You know what? And he's fired up about it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is awesome. And then we start thinking about this series. And one thing that I want you guys to know is there's all kinds of influencers out there. And they're influencing a lot of people. But here's the idea right behind an influencer. Is it somebody who is trying to use their influence, the people who are following them, they're trying to use their influence to make an impact in other people's lives. And it's kind of like the bigger the impact, right, the greater the influencer, right? I mean, that's kind of easy and an easy thing to, you know, kind of wrap your mind around. But as we were planning this series, you know, God has called each one of us to be an influencer. He's not just calling us to follow him and to be radically transformed by him. But in fact, like God wants to move in your life because he has a plan for all of you to be an influencer, to make an impact in this world. Like he wants to make an impact and his way to do that is through each one of you. It's interesting because usually these influencers, they're like sponsored by Vogue or whatever. And so like they have people that are like paying them to make an impact. And here's what's crazy is God wants to make an impact the same way that these companies want to make an impact through these influencers. You guys, God wants to come into your life literally tonight for the rest of your life. God wants to come into your life and he wants to make an impact. He wants you to be an influencer. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to dive into what that looks like. How do we become the influencer, the, the person that God wants us to be? And uh, we're going to be looking at that. Let me pray for us, and we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for tonight. Lord, the opportunity we have right now to enter into your presence, God, to open up your word, 
And God, to truly hear what you have to say to us and to hear about what you want to do through us. And so, God, would you just open our hearts and our minds? Because, God, this is truly the one thing, Lord, that you've called us to. Lord, to your mission, to your plan. And so, God, help us to be attentive. And, Lord, I pray that your spirit would work in a powerful way. God, we need you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in the powerful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 12 to you. If you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen. But it says this. Because some of you guys are like, wait, what? God wants to be an influencer? What is that? This is Paul speaking to Timothy. And he says this in verse 12. He says, don't let anyone despise your youth. And some of you guys should be like, that's right. I'm young. But that doesn't matter. Don't let anybody look down on you or despise your youth. It doesn't matter if you're young. But Paul says this. This is what God's word says. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy who is around your age. He's a young student, a young person, and basically God's word is speaking. He says, I want you, it doesn't matter that you're young, he says, I want you to be an example. Basically, I want you to be an influencer to all the believers because there's people during this time, they were wanting to follow God and they were trying to follow God, but they were kind of getting it wrong. They didn't quite understand what it meant to follow God. And so here's Paul, here's God sitting in Timothy And Timothy is going to be this example, this influencer that's going to help people understand what does it mean to follow God. And here's what's crazy. This same truth applies to you later on in 2 Timothy. Paul is literally saying, man, the things I'm teaching you pass on to other people who will pass on to other people. And so this command for Timothy to be an influencer, to set an example, is not just for him, but literally it's for you. He's setting an example for you. He sets an example for other people so that they can be an influencer and so that they can be an influencer. And so there's these things that we want to focus on over the next few weeks. They say this, so be an example, and there's five things there. It says be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so tonight we're going to talk about speech, using our words to be an influencer in the way that you speak. And the Bible has a lot to say about our, our words. But the truth is, for you in this room, God wants to set an example. God wants to do something. He wants to set an example the same way that guy was selling like the shoes and the socks or the how to wear the crew sock. You know, he literally did a 15-minute video on how to wear a crew sock. And I'm like, this is crazy. But literally, God is stepping in and saying, I need people to know how to use their words. I need people who can speak right and speak godly things. And he says, I'm gonna use you. I'm going to give you my word. I'm going to let you know what it looks like to speak my truth and what it looks like to set an example. And I want you to help other people see what that looks like. And so we're going to look tonight at what it looks like to set an example in speech. What does God's word say about our words? And I want to look, the first thing I want to look at is the power of your words. I kind of feel like, man, I could be an influencer. Man, I'm going to put this on a video. The power of your words. This is crazy. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Some of you guys, man, you know the power of words because you've been impacted by words. But I want you to hear what Proverbs 18.21 says about your words. Because you may think, man, words are no big deal. But Proverbs 18.21 says this. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. God's word says life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's talking about how powerful your words are, power to bring life, 
but the power to bring death, the power to destroy. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we come into a room like this, and maybe you think, you know, there are some big sins that I don't want to get caught up in. Like, there's some things I want to make sure I don't do with my life. But when it comes to, like, the words that we say, the things that you say to your friends, the things that you say when you're just at home with, I don't know, your siblings or whatever it is, I think sometimes we think, the things I say are not a big deal. But God's word says that literally life and death or in the power of the tongue. If you read in Proverbs 18, it has a lot to say about words. I'm telling you, the Bible has a lot to say about words. This won't be on the screen. But in that same chapter, it says, a fool's lips lead to strife, and his mouth provokes a beating. Like, that's literally in the Bible. A fool's lips lead to strife, and his mouth provokes a beating. Has anybody ever gotten in trouble because of something you said? Okay, because I know I have, you know. Like, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have said that. And um, there may have been a little bit of a beating when I was in high school from the parents. Uh, but, you know, it worked, I guess. Verse 7, it says, a fool's mouth is his devastation, and his lips are a trap for his life. Maybe some of you have said something and you found yourself in a situation, you're like, man, I really wish I wouldn't have said that because now I'm in a lot of trouble. I've got myself into an issue. I've got myself into a trap. And God's word says, be careful with your words because you can wind up finding yourself, trapping yourself. Verse eight says that gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. It's this idea that your words are so much greater than just on the surface, but they actually do something deep down inside of you. And they have the power to destroy, literally to be destructive or to bring life. And some of you guys know this. Because some of you guys have been impacted by people's words more than anything else. And I know for me, uh, you know, sixth grade for me, I know some of you guys just walked into sixth grade. And for me, man, sixth grade was just, it was rough for me. I just changed school, so I didn't know anybody. I grew up in Oklahoma City public schools, which was um, in Oklahoma City. And it was kind of rougher. Like if you think about, uh, I don't know, I don't really know much about some of the Houston school districts, but Oklahoma City school districts was rough. In fact, when I got into middle school and high school, my mom's like, my kids are not going to Oklahoma City public schools. It was like bad. Like it was just bad news. So we move and we wind up going to this place, Edmond. It was better, you know, better community. We move. Um, And really my mom did that. A lot of the reason was to get us out of the school. But um, I go to sixth grade and I don't really know anybody, okay? And, uh, you know, I'm trying to meet people. And there was something that I did. You guys are going to be embarrassed for me, man. I can already feel it because I already shared this story once this week. But um, I'm going to school. I'm new sixth grader. It's like two weeks in. And I start remembering there's something I used to do when I was in fifth grade that I was like, it was so cool. Like my friends and I, we did this thing. I'm just going to say it. But we would dress up in full camouflage, like head to toe, like military fatigues, like literally had like the U.S. Army patch here, like not cool, like cool camo that you guys wear. It was like full dress camo, like I'm a soldier in the army. And in fifth grade, I had like five buddies and we would dress up like this and we would go out to the playground and we thought we were cool. And here's what's crazy, guys, in Oklahoma City Public Schools, people thought we were cool. Like, I'm not kidding, people would be like, you would see people like wear their camo, like, you can't play with us. Like, we have our camo on, this is our own army game, leave us alone, you know what I mean? Like, that was our thing. And, but I thought I was so cool. And so I'm in sixth grade and I'm like, I gotta make friends. And I'm like, it's time. It was like two weeks into school. And I'm like, it's time. 
time to bust out the camo. I was like, this is going to be cool, man. And so I had this desert storm. If you guys, it's not like jungle, like green fatigues. It was like kind of like uh, sand looking fatigues. It was desert storm. And I was like, I thought it was the coolest set of fatigues I had. And believe me, I had like six or seven pairs of fatigues. It was weird, okay? It was weird. But I'm like, it's, the, it's time. I'm putting on these fatigues. Sixth grade, second week of school, you guys. And you guys already know in your mind, you're like, you are not smart, Randy. You are. Why would you do that? You guys, and I walk into school like, I'm about to make a lot of friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking, but I walk in, you guys, and I'm walking down the halls. And you know people are looking at me. And in my mind, they're looking at me, and I'm like, they think I'm so cool right now. I could be an influencer, man. Everybody's been wearing fatigues in here, you know? And I'm just walking. I got my fatigues on, you know, desert storm. And then there's these two eighth graders. Yeah, all the eighth graders in the room right now. These two eighth graders come up, and I remember <clears throat> I was in the hallway. There weren't very many people in the hallway. It was like, I want to say it wasn't even passing period. Like, I was coming back from the restroom or something, and I walked down the uh, I'm walking down the hall, and there's these two eighth graders that come up, man, and they, they say, hey, hey, and I'm like, what's up <laughs> in my desert storm fatigues? And they just look at me, and they go, dude, the war's over. <laughs> oh, the war's over, and they run off, you guys, and they just make fun of me, and they point, like, why would you even do that? Like, that's so mean, and I'm sitting there, and they laugh at me, and you guys, up to that point, this is gonna sound crazy, but up to that point, guys, nobody had ever made fun of me before. Like, I had never, I know that sounds weird, um, but I mean, in Oklahoma City Public School, like, nobody cared. Like, they were like, he's, he might be weird, he might be cool, but we're not going to say anything. But at that point, like, nobody had ever just pointed at me and laughed. And I just, like, in that moment, you guys, it crushed me. Like, you talk about, like, they could have, like, tripped me or, like, just bumped into me, and I probably would have forgotten about it, because I'm sure that happened a lot in high school. But I'll never forget those words. I'll never forget when they pointed and laughed. And you guys, it literally made such an impact in me. I, I still have apprehension about wearing camo. <laughs> like I still, when I buy camo, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Because I still think about when they pointed at me and they laughed and they said, the war is over. And they just laughed at me. And I'm just telling you, like, your words are so powerful. They have the power of life and death. And I'm just curious, how have you used your words today? I mean, what are the words that you've said? Because they are powerful and they penetrate. And they can damage far longer than you think. But God's word says that they have the power to bring life and death. And so it's not just destructive, but um, Proverbs 12, 18 says this. It says, there is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword. Right? And in that moment, you guys, I was pierced. And some of you, I mean, that's kind of a funny story, but the truth is some of you in here have been pierced because of words. But it says this, it says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. That our words can actually bring healing. So our words are powerful, but you guys, God has a purpose. God has given you words for a purpose. He wants to do something great. He wants to do something through you. I want you to hear what God created our words to be used for. It says this in Ephesians 4.29, right? To bring healing, but this is what our words should be. Because you may be thinking like to bring healing, to bring life. Well, what does that look like? Like what should my words be? How am I supposed to be an influencer? What's the example I'm supposed to set? And Ephesians 4.29 says this. No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need. That's what God says to us as believers. He says, no foul language, 
but only what builds people up. Again, think about your words today. The words that have come out of your mouth, have they been used to bring life and to build up or to destroy? And it says this, if you keep reading, it says, so that it gives grace to those who hear. Guys, our words are to be gracious. They're to bring grace. If you're familiar with that term, mercy is when you don't get something, right, that you do deserve. It's withheld from you. Like, that's mercy. Have mercy. Don't give me that. Grace is when you get something that you don't deserve. Your words are to be gracious. You're to use your words to give people a word of encouragement, even though they might not even deserve it. And you're like, wait, what? To give someone a word, to sprinkle it with grace, and ultimately to help people see who Jesus is. Because when you give someone a word of encouragement or when your words are gracious, because you help people see the cross. And then if you keep reading there in Ephesians 4 and verse 30, it says, and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit, you were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Right, if we use our words in a positive way, if they're gracious, you guys, we have a way of unleashing the Holy Spirit. But if we do allow our words to be deceitful and to bring death and we use it to tear down, then God's word even says like it hinders God's spirit in us, God's power. And some of you guys are like, man, I want God to move. Well, what are the words that you're using? What are you saying? In Colossians 4, 6, it says, your speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Are your words gracious? Because your words have the power to bring life. You know, I told you the story. The kids laughed at me and it penetrated my heart. The war's over and it was horrible. But you guys, there are words that are positive that I'll never forget. I'll never forget, you guys, the moment that my wife told me how much she liked me because we were just dating and I didn't know. And I'm like, she's like amazing. Like when I met my wife, I was like, um, she's gonna, she doesn't want to be with me. And I mean, she was just awesome, beautiful. I mean, I'm just like, she is amazing. And I remember thinking, this isn't going to work out. I remember like guarding myself, really protecting my heart. Like, I'm not trying to get close to you. Like you're way too beautiful, blah, blah. And I remember, you know, she told me one day, she's like, Randy, can we talk? And I was like, dang it, it's over. Like, she's going to tell me like, I knew it was like two weeks in, you know, and she's like, man. And she's like, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And we sit down and she looks at me, she's like, Randy. And I was like, yeah. She goes, Randy, I, I really like you a lot. Like, I'm getting emotionally invested in this, and I think you are incredible, and I want to date you, and I think you're amazing. And she starts listening to all these things, and I'm like, trying to like, keep it all together. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> you know? Like, in my mind, and you guys, like, I am in love. Like, in that moment, I remember when she explained to me that she, how much she liked me in that moment. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, I'm, I'm gonna get married. Like, I'd never thought about this, and it, I, I dated a couple girls, but never and had I ever had this strong feeling. I'm like, I'm going to marry this girl. Like, I will never forget when she told me how much she loved me. I'll never forget that. There was a time, too, in college um, where I was leading a Bible study with some students, and um, I was in charge of it. It was about eight guys that would meet at the Bostwick's house. It was a couple in our church. They'd meet at the Bostwick's house. We met for an hour for Bible study. And I was doing something at school, hanging out with friends. And I was going to be running late, but I didn't think I'd be that late because I was doing something at school. And I wind up being 30 minutes late to this Bible study. And you're supposed to be like 30 minutes early. And I remember walking in and the Bostwicks are there, kind of holding down everything. There's eight students there. And you could tell they were kind of frustrated. And I remember just being like, I'm so sorry. Like I came in and I kind of led the end of the Bible study. And then I remember, you know, they all left and I walked, you know, they were like, can we talk to you? And I was like, and I'm this college student. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I sit down and they're like, what happened today? I told them, I said, I am so sorry. I was like, please forgive me. I said, I got caught up doing this project and I felt so bad. 
And they said, I said, we, and they, they told me, they told me like, well, we were definitely worried and we were, and we're definitely disappointed in how today went. They told me that. And I'm like, ah. But they said, but said, Randy, we forgive you. And they told me that they love me and they said, it's gonna be okay. Cause I was like, I'm so sorry about this. But they said, it's gonna be okay. We love you. And their words in that moment were filled with grace. They explained that they were disappointed, but they said, Randy, it's gonna be okay. And we love you and we're gonna make it through this. And it's just one of those moments where like, they could have been so harsh to me. They could have said, you know what? We're done, like no way, you messed up, we're over. But they said, we're gonna give the, we're gonna do this again. We're gonna meet again next week, it's gonna be fine. But their words were filled with graciousness. And those are moments that I will never forget because I remember it could have been so harsh, but they refrained and their words were filled with so much grace. I'm just wondering, what are your words filled with? Is it life or is it death? Because the real question is, no matter where you are, the big question tonight is, how do we change our words? I mean, what is the secret? Some of you guys are like, okay, I know, like no foul language, like I need to be encouraging. You know, there's power in my words. But the question is, how do we change? And the last passage I want to read, and then we're going to wrap up, is a passage in Isaiah. It's in chapter 6. It's one of my favorite passages. Um, but it's this prophet, Isaiah, and he comes before God. It's this incredible moment. Um, and as we wrap up, I want you guys to know, if you're in this room and you're thinking, you know what, I do want to be an influencer for Christ, and I do want to set an example in speech, but to be honest, like I have no idea how I'm ever going to clean up the words that I say because I feel like everything I do, everything I say, it's just like, it's just so bad. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter where you are. I want you to know that there is hope for you. And I want you to hear what the prophet Isaiah, what happens to him in this passage in Isaiah chapter six. It says this, and it'll be on the screen and we'll wrap up. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on high, on a high and lofty throne. And then, oh, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. It's this amazing moment where Isaiah finds himself. He's in the presence of God. There's these huge beast bird things that are covering their face. And it says this in verse three. It says, and one called to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. I mean, they're, seeing, they're saying this to God. And it says in verse four, it says, the foundations of the doorway shook and the sound of their voices and the temple was filled with smoke. In the presence of God, this is Isaiah. In the presence of God, this is his response. It says, then I said, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of armies, so he comes into the presence of God, and you guys, he, is, he says to God, he says, I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. There's this strong conviction in his life that he's like, man, I'm in your presence, and the first thing he thinks is, dude, the things I've said or the person I am, like I am ruined because of my lips. And some of you here right now, maybe you're hearing this word, and you're like, man, I'm in God's presence right now, and I'm ruined because the things that I've said, the things that I've done are horrible. And, and Isaiah even says, I'm, I'm ruined because of things I've said, and I live among a people of unclean lips, right? I mean, he's lived among these people, right? Don't underestimate the influence of the world around you because Isaiah has gone down this road. It's like, I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. And the thing is, you may be thinking the same thing. And the first thing you need to know is the only way you're ever going to understand or ever begin to make a change with where you are or be an influencer with your speech is to one, understand that your speech isn't glorifying to God unless the spirit of God lives in you. 
And so for some of you, it's just taking a moment, being in the presence of God and realizing, okay, I've said some things I shouldn't say. That's step one. That's where it starts for Isaiah here. But listen to what happens next, right? He says, I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. And then verse six, it says this, then one of the seraphim flew to me and in his hands was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs and he touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Guys, what's interesting in the Old Testament is that when things were unclean, people avoided it because it just spread the uncleanness. But in this moment, Isaiah is unclean, and what God does is God touches Isaiah's mouth, like the seraphim go with this call, and they touch Isaiah's mouth. And instead of Isaiah and all his sinfulness and him being ruined, instead of the sinful state and the, um, the, the issue of his mouth, instead of it impacting the coal, the coal actually has an impact on Isaiah, The coal touching his mouth actually brings this atonement and this forgiveness. And you guys, it's good news for us because what God wants to do is he wants to touch your life. He wants to come into your life and be your Lord and your Savior. And he wants to anoint you with words that are going to be pleasing to him. Guys, he wants to make you passionate about him. But you will never become the influence you're supposed to be and your words will never be what they're supposed to be if you leave here and think, man, if I just try really hard to say the right things, I'm gonna get it right. Guys, the only way that you're going to become the influencer and the example you're supposed to be in speech and really all those other things is if you let God come into your life, if you give him access to your whole life because what he has the power to do is to come into your life and begin to transform you completely from the inside out. You guys, the Bible says the mouth really just speaks from an overflow of the heart. So if you really want to change what comes out of here, you've got to change what's coming, what's going on in here.